podcast has changed my life. Shine, it's lovely to meet you. Yes, nice to be met. Come on, sit down, tuck in. This is not funny! You're going to be, you're going to Splendor. I'm going to Splendor. You're going to be walking around looking for teens. Is she Australian? She's Australian. A few okay, years yeah. ago, I saw her at Splendor. Okay. Someone bought her out. In their set, right. and everyone went crazy. Oh, classic! And Kinda I think, bring out the nostalgia act. Yeah, yeah. Like in the way I've seen Daryl Braithwaite at yeah. Paul's You know what? They, they've these kind of legacy Australian acts have been replaced by what? The Wiggles. <laughs> Fuck, dude. They have no, dude. Mm. They will be there. Oh, if you could bet the on Wiggles that right now, yeah. you would put money on uh-huh. it. And it's going to be huge, and people are going to lose. People are going to be like, "Oh my god, the Wiggles! I love the Wiggles!" And then you're going. I'm not. You have a responsibility, I think, to at least for the people around you. You're going to be in the backstage area. You're going to be uh, like relating to other artists. You think it's your responsibility to poo-poo the Wiggles? Yeah, just express some anti-Wiggles sentiment, please. Because what will happen, especially in the backstage bit, the word will get out if the Wiggles. Like a few years ago, Powderfinger did a surprise set and yeah. everyone got backstage kind of new. Okay, so totally. By, there will be a word on the street that the Wiggles will be coming out. Everyone will so. be like, we're going to get to the main stage. As soon as you see an octopus. The Wiggles, I'll be like, no, I don't yeah. think we... What, why, what are you, eight? Are you exactly. eight? Exactly. I'd rather see Tina Arena. I'd love, I'll stand here and sing Tina Arena to you. That's more entertaining than I, the Wiggles. How do you feel age-wise there? When was like you went in like 2019? I went to the last one. Yeah? Yeah. Do you feel old yet? Yeah, but you do because um, I feel I remember seeing like guys in their late thirties there when I was in my early twenties, mid twenties. And when you, I what went. did you think about them? I think there was probably a bit of judgment, but then looking back, this is my thing with age. I think I've said this to you before. I think it's always in the minds of the older people that are worried more than it is the younger people. Yeah, I think younger people. I mean, this might have changed now, but when I was younger and you saw older people somewhere. There could have been a comment or two like, oh, lol, look at them. They're yeah. a bit old. But you don't really care because you don't really know what it's like to be that age and you're kind of, they're a bit irrelevant to you. Yeah. Unless they're in your face and they're bothering you. And also, I- young people don't know what's appropriate. Yeah, they don't understand. Yeah. They don't know. They're like, oh, maybe you should be old. Yeah, maybe it. that's a normal thing. Yeah. It's only if they're trying to act really young and kind of are being cringe, yeah. then that will get interlocked with the fact that they're old. But just being somewhere. Yeah, I just don't remember that much judgment. I think but maybe I just mixed in uh, very unjudgmental circles, dude. Maybe you just you never judge anything. You just <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of live your life. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Let let anyone take the journey they want to take. It's not your decision to put them in a box. Oh my god, are you there listening to our conversation? <laughs> it's like when you see. I remember like going to music festivals in my early twenties, and there'd be like parents there with kids, and that's Splendor. You can put them in like yeah. a fucking. No, it's not even a stroller. It's like a box with wheels on it and you just pull them around. Have you seen them? No. It's like an old cart. Oh. And you just put your kid in it and you just drag them around the festival. See, that is a bummer because that makes you less able to like let let your hair down and have a bit of well, fun. Well, I don't know. They're quite celebrated, these parents that do that at this festival. People were like... Which one? At like Meredith or one of the... I think... No, no, this is Splendor they do it. Splendor. And they have a daycare bit. It's yeah. just like you drop your kids off and you go watch... And everyone's kind of like... I remember being young and everyone would always be like, oh, the sickest parents are coming to Splendor, whatever. No. It's like bad parents. They're bad parents. I feel like when you see the babies, specifically babies, yeah. with like the headphones The earmuffs on, on. Or the earmuffs, yeah, exactly. To, it's like... They've got little ears. Yeah, little they've got ears. tiny little... They're not, they're not ready for the living end. You know what I mean? They don't want the living end. <laughs> it's like they can't... You know who they want, They though. want the Wiggles. They want the Wiggles. <laughs> Is that why? Is that why the Wiggles... It's secretly for... Like a visual feast for the earmuffed babies. babies. 
do. It's like you're not even pretending to yourself that the babies will enjoy themselves because yeah. they literally they can't. It would damage their ears. It yeah. would damage their mind to to perceive what you've taken them to, <laughs> just so you can have an excuse to do MDMA again in your forties. And this. That's how you justify it. You can't even justify it yourself because you've got this big visual representation of the fact that it's going to ruin your child's ears. I think maybe a four-year-old now, it'd be fun kind of in the tents and running around and like... I mean... Popping I the daycare, I can see that. Five, the babies. Yeah, five or six would be the... I mean, get them on their legs. They've got to be able to yeah, walk. exactly. That's huge. I think that's the thing for me. And they've got to be able to kind of like, you know, not dehydrate them. So you've got to be able to give them water. They'll drink it. Like yeah. A five-year-old, you know, you can watch some... You can pop them on music. the hill and watch yeah, music. Watch the music. It'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. They can get into music. I don't know. It's like I don't but worry. You were that- lionizing the these these parents. You were saying they were cool. Well, At twenty one, you thought was they like, were cool. Well, I don't know. Do you, I don't know if you remember. It's like it's cringeworthy to think about now. But the first time you go to a camping music festival and you mm. take drugs and you're like, God, life is like. Yeah. Is, what an experience! I've never been happier in my life, yeah. and everything about it is magical. It is pretty. Even cool. seeing these old people with kids, you're like, who are these people? Like, yeah, oh, I'm gonna be like that when I have kids. This is like it, it opens up these paths in your brain, and you're like, <laughs> this is the way I need to. Or just because you went and camped and took yeah. drugs and watched violent Soho or whatever. <laughs> it is fun. I remember. Waking up because I feel like the first day you get there and you're like, why the fuck am I doing this? Like this sucks. You put up the tent and you're like, this is gonna be so shit. But then the day, the first day where you wake up there and you kind of feel like you live there, you're like, mm. I live in a field, dude. I do. I know that feeling. <laughs> I live I in a community. Look, I, I disagree. Like I think the putting up the tent's fun. Everyone's having a drink. They're chilling out. Yeah. Someone takes charge. That's not me. It's fine. Like, <laughs> like that's all fine. But that feeling someone establishes like, themselves as the knowing about tent sky. It's like who did scouts? Okay. Here we go. Come out. Whose dad goes at the outdoors? This guy knows seven types of knots. <laughs> <laughs> the knot guy. The knot guy. Yeah. It's like, dude, I can Section. tie my shoelaces. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to be using the bunny ears method. Thank What's you very like much, the, Damien. The bowline is a bowline one. They're always the bowline. There's like a famous one. I don't know. My no. dad sailed boats. Well, I know. And took it in. Windsor, people talking about with tires. That's important family, and it's an important (laughs) knot. (laughs) That's it. Would they name a bad knot after the Queen? (laughs) The Lizzie. The Lizzie knot. (laughs) Do you think part of it as well is like there's so many people all camping together, coexisting together in quite a positive way? I'm sure some people get injured. There's probably a few assaults. But like generally speaking, someone forgot to put the park brake on on their car, reverse killed someone in their tent. So now you're not allowed to park near your tent. Really? Someone fucked it. Someone, I think they died for everyone. They died though. Yeah, I'm not blaming the person who died. I'm blaming the person who left their fucking No, I think it was the same person. Oh, my God. They killed themselves. Yeah. I think so. I could be completely wrong. Oh, no. And if you're the person that killed someone, I'd like, I don't... I mean, can I say that is the most ideal way for it to go if someone has to die? Of course. That's a dream situation. Dream situation is maybe a bit strong. Well, in your fantasy, someone has to die, you just said. And I said (laughs) fantasy, not a hypothetical. Yeah, but I say dream (laughs) situation. That makes it sound like this is something... Well, okay, so someone has to die. It's either... Or a 95-year-old gets COVID at the festival. Like, that's the other dream situation. Oh. For, if someone has to die. Look at you. Dreaming up otherwise people could be deceased <laughs> well, during the probably does, fun time of their Someone lives. probably does die. People probably die quite often at music festivals. I mean, they say people die a lot in at cruises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like heaps. There's a morgue. There's there's a whole area for it and stuff. But like they're old. They say as well, at the casino, there's a, um, there's a specific lift for people who have um, killed themselves at the casino. You know what I heard? Mm. And this is from... A guy I know, Jay Morrissey, you know mm. this guy. He used to work at a casino. Yeah. Oh, I always name the source when yeah, you're saying yeah, some yeah, secret yeah, info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crown Casino, Melbourne, yes. South Bank. Mm. Um, 
he said there's a, all the bathrooms there's a secret entrance because people kill themselves in the bathrooms quite a lot. What do you mean? Why do you need a secret entrance? So they go in, take the body out, and they don't have to drag the body through the, oh, through through the, the casino. Yeah, so people are like, totally. holy shit, that's a body. So they keep gambling. Yeah. So totally. they just go in from the back. To, it's like Big Brother. <laughs> it's Big Brother. Dark. There's people behind the walls totally. and shit. They go and take the body. Totally. Get out of there. Totally. So people can see gambling. Can I say, and I'll probably cut this out. Yeah. But don't you reckon Splendor, yeah. kind of, everyone comes together and it's it's a good time. Everyone's having gozzle maze and um, <laughs> enjoying themselves and watching music. Yeah. But it's a bit like the world used to be like caveman times or like nomads and, you know, when people lived on off the land. But now, if that was to happen in, in our lives, it would be in some sort of like apocalyptic scenario. Yeah. So, it's kind of like putting your body through an apocalyptic scenario to some degree, but then also it's fun. So, it's kind of like it's taking like, the edge off something that you've always feared. Yeah. Is that partly the appeal? I, yeah, I see what you're getting at. I like, yes, I would say it's kind of like doing... It's zombie light. It's like an IRL gratitude diary. You know how like people do a yes. gratitude? So, they write like, I'm grateful for the house I yeah, live in. Exactly. And so, they can appreciate it more. Yeah. And then sometimes people do... They'll go and volunteer or whatever, so yeah. they um, feel more grateful for the totally. things that they have. Or it's like you're camping, down. yeah, and then you get the immediate feel of like how grateful it is because you get to go there more exactly. and take drugs and well, get home to your nice. When you get house. home, to you have gratitude exactly like you're saying, and then some people will promote, for example, going and sleeping on your kitchen room floor every now and then. <laughs> so, so you appreciate, yeah, appreciate your bed, your bed yeah. but that's crazy. That's insane. Who could be bothered doing that? Yeah. and then that sucks. So what you've got to do is have a little Bose speaker on your kitchen room floor yeah, yeah, yeah. playing fun you music. Boom. Yeah. And then you enjoy that and it's a good little experience and then you also get the appreciation. That's what Splendor is, but yeah. on a kind of more and macro like scale. Immediate reward mm. almost. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like Yeah, and it's and it's like we've some, they've somehow commercialized this mm. perfectly. Totally. To the point where it feels like you're slumming it and that's part of the experience is that you're camping with your friends. Mm. Kind of like you said, like the, the the I mean the tip of caveman stuff because you're in a a nice tent or whatever and there's stuff no, around you. It's fear. It, it's like an apocalyptic scenario potentially that would turn. I suppose it it has the potential to turn to chaos so quickly because there's not that much infrastructure. There's a bunch of portaloos and some tents and like sixty thousand people or whatever it yeah. is. If some sort of riot kicked off or like there was some sort of disharmony, you're talking chaos immediately. Mm, this is interesting. And the fact that it doesn't turn to chaos because there's all this entertainment is kind of like. <laughs> soothes you and but also reminds you about like the potential of society because like for example let's say there was a blackout yeah and like all the music was off and all the lights were off how quickly would people be killed like people People start fighting it's like fire festival people People would people would start looting straight away looting fighting looting is one of the funniest terms Mm. about what like it's stealing yeah but it's it, it implies like it's fun. It, it, it sounds implies like the, It sounds fun, but it implies like at all times people are ready to loot. They just need a window to loot. You know, they just need something to happen. Like you said, the lights are off and you're like, well, let's go through some tents, shall we? That's what happens. <laughs> I know that's what happens. And like people get mad at looting in like Hurricane Katrina was a good example of like, you know, this is this yeah. awful uh, scenario. And people, I think, are kind of morally justified to go into shops and take things that they need to survive. Yeah. But then while you're there, it's like, why not take some stuff that would help to survive? Maybe not a necessity. But it's and like then while I'm... you're taking that, it's like, where's the line? Mm. Oh, I may as well take a Yui Boom because <sighs> yeah. I want to have fun on the raft. 
Yeah, but it's also like, remember the toilet paper shortage. Mm. It's kind of the same, you know, people start looting straight away because they're like, immediately you, Someone feel, else will. you feel chaos. Totally. And you're like, I need to look out for me. Well, that's what I mean. In a moment. I feel like that feeling that you're describing is what is evoked by Splendor. Yeah, but- th- You're like, oh my God, it's like, I'm, amongst all these bodies, this could all go so wrong, but at the moment it's also right because it's only for a small amount of time. I- There's lots of entertainment. So like- the danger and the jeopardy. Of I don't know if you feel the jeopardy. I feel. I think people feel the amazement as opposed to being like, "This could all go tits up." I think. I <laughs> people, think... you're walking around being like, "The slightest thing goes wrong here, we're turning on." Oh, you're yeah. already looking for safety hideouts. Don't you think that at sport <laughs> as well? Like if you're watching like a whole stadium. <laughs> I think about that's... the stadium population. I'm like, that's more than the when the ref I is like, in. "That's a foul," and everyone's like, "Boo!" Well, everyone's like, "Boo!" And then there's you know four security guards for every fucking four thousand people. <laughs> It's like, if we decided it wasn't a foul, it wouldn't be a foul. Well, it's like if enough of us charged the, the field. Would well, you remember when um, uh, Khabib beat Conor McGregor and then jumped into the crowd and started yeah. fighting? And it was like a moment being exactly. like, what if they turn on us? Yes. It's like, it's actually, what do you do? We all mm-hmm. pretend, we all buy into this convention mm-hmm. and all it takes is one person to be like, mm. I don't think we should do that. All it takes is Ron Artest getting hit by one beer cup. <laughs> Pointing at a guy and being, going into All the All it stand. takes is two generators at Splendor to go down. Uh-huh. And it's like a town goes into... Would probably fight all night. Totally. Because you can't get out. Totally. They would probably That's shut I mean. it down. Yeah. What happens? They would just let Absolute chaos. They would have like volunteers trying to like... They'd have a plan for that happening. And then volunteers would start kind of going into action and doing the things and directing people to stay calm and not panic and like tell them to... Like group at certain areas, go back to your tent if you can find it. They'll start handing out torches, things like this. But if a few volunteers either go power mad or, you know, there's a few arguments that lead to a few kind of fights and then like the volunteers are like, fuck it, like I'm not getting paid enough to deal with this. Then and it's on. Then it's on. Then it's Once they leave on. their post, people would burn stuff. I <laughs> yeah. like that how humans burn things to the ground. Just down of <laughs> like, ah! just in fury they go. We're, it's all going down totally. in a flame. If I'm not going to sleep tonight, well then I want people to fucking pay. <laughs> Isn't that kind of on your mind? That's not your... on my mind, but the amazement I think and the sense of community mm. of looking around, being like, look how harmonious. That's what com- community is. Yes, community I is know. the absence of what I'm describing. I know, of course, a decision the decision not. But to you're go not into- thinking. You're not thinking in the gory details of burning the place. I to am. The gra- <laughs> yeah. Every time, if I'm in Woolworths and someone comes out and I let their trolley go ahead of mine, I'm thinking, well... <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> one day. <laughs> one day, you're not going to get so lucky. <laughs> one day, everyone could burn I think that's about road rules. If like, we just all... Yeah. If we all at once agreed we're no longer subscribing to that, mm. it's over. It's what etiquette is. It's what like why people didn't like Trump because he breaks a few rules at the top. It's like yeah. you know all of a sudden people are uh, on January sixth running, running into the, into the, the goddamn the building. capital or whatever. Dude, Trump's back. He's supporting the Saudi Gulf League. What do you mean? Did he come out? In he's support? come out and he's been like, I support the Saudis. Get okay. on, urging PGA golfers. Yes. To jump to the Saudi ship. He said the PGA Tour is corrupt. Do you think he... <laughs> is he like a leading... Okay, can you give us... I'm mindful here yeah. of I don't want to get too much into golf. Ugh. But you are a golf person. Yeah. And there are some there is significant things happening in the golf world, mm. which is interesting to even if you're not into golf. There's a takeover happening. There's a takeover happening. By the Saudi of, Arabia. Totally. Um, can you give us an abridged version? Okay, this is a real quick version. Of what's going on. So, the leading golf tour is kind of like the tennis ATTP tour that kind of is the global tour and yes. the players travel around playing each tournament. But in a, in a, uh, the world, mm. the, it's more country-based. The two top tours. In golf. Yeah. The PGA Tour is the best one. 
All okay. the good players play on that, and it's mainly America. And that's just a bunch of different golf events and competitions in America. Yes, and and occasionally and Europe. So like oh, the biggest right. tournament, the Open, which Cam Smith just won, the Australian guy. Yeah, it's in Europe. It's in like Scotland generally. Okay, um, and then the rest is all in in America. So anyway. there's a bunch of different golf events. And like in tennis, some yep. of the big ones are like big opens. Exactly the and same. Some there's of the smaller four, there's ones. There's four majors or four grand slams. In the PGA Tour. In the, but, but they're global. So they're not yeah. actually part of the tour, but they count to all the tours around the world. So there's a European tour. There's an Australian tour, which is shit. There's a Japan tour. There's an Asian tour. Are they all part of the PGA Tour? No. No, oh. no, no. Um, so these are all competing tours. These are competing tours. Yeah, oh. but they kind of work together. Anyway, yes. there's... There's the, now I feel like you're rushing. Like you don't, you don't need to rush this much. It's fine. No, I'm rushing because you're <laughs> no, like, don't, rush. don't be boring. <laughs> no. Imagine loving something and someone's like, can you not be boring? And I have so much passion. I for this was just subject. concerned. I want this this topic to be addressed in the context of like someone like me who doesn't like golf needs to be able to understand it. That's my only concern. Okay. So as long as that's happening, it's fine. I think it's an interesting thing. Yeah. So but now just don't get into like the minutiae of how good people are at putting. That's my concern. Okay. <laughs> that's interesting. Putting's amazing. It's like all <laughs> mental. It's all mental. Have you heard of the yips? The most interesting thing of all time. Yeah, but that's for all sport. But anyway. Yeah, okay. No, well, it started golf. It's mainly based on Is golf. It, yeah. Based on golf. Putting and chipping and golf. Anyway. Yes. So Greg Norman, mm. he's just like ripped yeah, 65 year old Australian guy with a massive yeah. dick. Have you the seen shark. The shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The shark. The mm. biggest choker in sports of all time. Right. There's a great doco on him on, on 30, 30 for this 30. That's what I was worried about. <laughs> These little diversions. Just <laughs> recommending documentaries. No, it's an interesting doco. <laughs> Don't recommend other. He cho- he's the biggest stick choker. To the facts. Biggest choker in most okay, sports. Yes. But also hates the PGA Tour. Because okay. for years, he's trying to get a global. Tour going like in tennis. Well, he's I s- had a crack at this a few times. Totally, and I feel like this is something that like happened in the um, with the Premier League yes. in soccer, where like you know the Premier League, and then there's a the Spanish league, and then some, exactly and then the there's same. a German league, and then recently some like billionaires tried to like oh let's yeah. get all the top teams and create some sort of super league. This happened yeah. in like with rugby league as well. These big thinkers, these rich big thinkers, think. Man, if we made our own tournament, then and we get all the best players, mm. then we can just we fucking can run it. Ma- yeah, and make millions, and like it'll be better than. So the the reason the, thing. the Premier League and stuff, but the government intervened and said you not take you can't then operate here as well. What and happened sorry, in, in like the UK with the Premier League buy takeout? The, I thought the fans stood up. to The it. fans stood out, but then the government intervened and said like we don't want Saudi money coming in and infiltrating your league if you want to be registered. Oh in, yeah. right, that won't happen in the states because they're still. You know, they're buying oil off the Saudis. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're in bed with them. But anyway, so the Saudi Arabia League is called Live Golf, and they've booked Greg Norman as the face of it. So Greg Norman is kind of teamed up with them. And he's really the spearhead, an Aussie. Dude, and it makes me very proud, but also like. (laughs) And when you say it's a. So Live is just the proposed new world league. It's not proposed, it's going on. It started. Yeah. Oh, it's happened. It's happening. Are the games happening? Dude, I've been watching them. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) Really? And so half half the players have jumped ship. Half? Like how many? Um, Actually, the fields are like 50, so about 50. But And of the top players, let's not get into the names. <laughs> Come I don't, on. No, but like I, no on. one knows any of these golfers, Phil man. Phil Mickelson. I've never heard that name in my life. You've never heard the name Phil Mickelson? Never. One of the most famous sporting guys on the planet. Not one of the it's most famous sporting guys. Sorry. Know. I'm sorry. He's not that famous. Nowhere near Google soccer him. or... I'm sure if I Googled lots of people, there'd be lots of achievements that they've had. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, great. yeah. The left hand. Great. Yeah, of course. Um, but how many of like the top twenty most famous golfers, 
like Tiger Woods is he he's is he going to go over? Tiger Woods is very much opposed to this tour, okay, but totally. also he's done. He like can't really walk right. anymore. Okay, wow. Okay, but of the top twenty players, how many have gone over? You reckon? Um, was, any? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's like hard to say in terms of like world rankings because they kind of float a bit okay. more in golf. But there's like a lot of major champion winners, which is kind of the previous yardstick. previous winners. Are they no, past their prime? Are people because I really feel like people past their prime would do this. Well, a lot of people have passed their prime that are going, and that was like mm. at, at first everyone was like, "Let them go, who cares?" Yeah. But then it's like some big Dustin Johnson, who's kind of is one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. He's gone. You said don't name Brooks yeah, Koepka. Yeah. Another one. Big Stop major. it. Cam Smith is about to go. The Australian. Okay, so who's he's going to go. Tour. He's going to go. All right. And they got him now. anyway. So the Saudi Arabia, um, they've got this like this is, like le- this like fund. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Sports Development Fund or yeah. whatever. And it's basically just... Go, it's an endless pit of money. They've committed... Yes. It's something like $9 billion over the next four years to this league without a television deal, without... So, it's just happening. Is anyone filming it? Surely. Yeah. it's all, They just stream it live on YouTube and their website. On YouTube? YouTube and their website. Really? Yeah. <laughs> on livegolf.com. Livegolf.com and their YouTube. <laughs> no television deal. And they're paying people like... Yeah, filmmakers have got paid five hundred million. Really, Cam Smith, the Australian, he's getting he's going to get at one fifty million to go, and excluding the money you get in prize money, that's just gotcha. a sign. That's up just fee. to like play for the next what five years or something. No, this year, really, just be there this year. That's the money involved. Yeah, it's can crazy. I say this overlapped with my interests because Charles Barkley, uh, to name a basketball player from yeah. the nineties, yeah, who yeah, was yeah. An, um, a Hall of Famer, and Phil now- Mickelson more famous than Charles Barkley, absolutely not. Well, in your world, maybe no, 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 not. across the world, well, more people would have heard of Charles Barkley. No, golf's much more Mickelson. popular worldwide than than basketball. basketball. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> it's played in way more countries. No way, golf is played in way more countries. No, it's golf played in. I'm talking about eyeballs on screens. I think. I don't think so, man. Golf's just. Can I do some research before guys. coming back to this debate? <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know either. I'm just vibing it. But basketball's way now- more popular in China and stuff. Like people love it. Yeah, chi- yeah. Okay, anyway, interesting. Point is, uh, Charles Barkley is now like one of the big commentators and like sports yeah. presenters about basketball. Yeah, and he is rumored to be going over to talk about live golf. They got Barkley. They they. There's rumours they've got Barkley. They're poaching commentators now. Yeah. They just signed this guy, David Ferrity, who's like an iconic, yeah. like funny golf commentator. Yeah. And he's like their new big signing. And yeah. people have been like, this is the end. for They've got the commentator. Yeah, this is the end for the totally. Tour. I mean, people, are people watching it? Do you know what the views are like? Well, it's not. It's hard to tell. Like, you see the YouTube, YouTube number. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. There's like, What are we sitting on here? Like, they get millions of views. Millions of views. But okay. it's, it's like, hard. You know, just, just in the little ads on YouTube. Like, that's going to no be ads 9 even. billion. <laughs> what are they doing? It's At some point, it's got to start to turn a profit. Trump yes. is talking. I don't know why I'm going to Trump. But mm. now Trump is a big player in the whole thing. Yeah. Trump is talking about trying to broker a merger between the two. Okay. He wants to, like, have a buyout. The PGA Tour gets bought out by Liv or the, the other way around. Yeah, or something. why? Well, I think that is the end solution. Because they're going to both sides are going to run out of players. Okay. Because no one wants to watch. There's like 25, the field. 25 interesting good golfers in the world. There is yeah. more, but it's like no one else is going to want to watch. If yeah, you want to see the top people competing against each yeah. other. But the, the, but the end result is Norman probably will get his big vision of like a yeah. global tour. Yes. But, but the PGA Tour have started a propaganda arm um, being like, 
the don't take Saudi Arabia money, like mm. the mistreatment of women and and gay totally. people and stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of coming out, but then it's like the players are so dumb they don't know. Like, and it's also a bit rich. I feel like I don't know. Oh, of course. yeah. Well, I mean, it is, but it's how they how- also went there a few years ago and played a tournament with the PGA. Right, totally. So it's like they're quite hypocritical. Yeah, and I'm not supporting either side. Is the live golf thing just purely owned by Saudi Arabia, actually, or is there just some Saudi Arabian money in it? No, it's completely owned actually by Saudi fully, Arabia, like by the, the government. government. The government the of Saudi government. Arabia has done it. And that's a big argument because it's like Pretty genius. this thing called sports soft, washing. Yeah, soft diplomacy. Yeah, yeah, big time. It's but like it's how we went over to India to perform um, in comedy Stand-up rooms. comedy, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that was funded by DFAT. And that was really? part, that program was in part because of, you know, those attacks on Indian people, Indian students in Melbourne in like the late 2000s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of our biggest exports is Indian people coming to Australia to study for tertiary education. Um, and they sent us there to smooth it and, all over. And part of their program to smooth it over is send comedy <laughs> over there so there's more intermingling they of our cultures. They could have told me that. <laughs> That's partly why I we were I would have done them some different material. <laughs> I've been like, you know what, guys? I feel safe on the streets walking around Sydney Uni. That's how I feel. And I have a bachelor's degree. And <laughs> UTS I've, is another good school. <laughs> I've actually no trouble uh, gaining employment. We're pawns in the government's game. <laughs> yeah, we were. Are it's you like, kidding me? Yeah, that's a that big part mean, of why it that started. It's crazy because I also did Comedy Roadshow in You think they're making Asia. money? You doing a show to 80 people in Mumbai? <laughs> <laughs> Flying you over there? Staying in nice hotels. <laughs> no, well, I got told it was just cheaper there. Like, <laughs> no. But it does make sense. Well, I, well, in, when I did the Asian one, I went to like three or four mm. like events. Yeah. And met the like um, local dignitaries, the local dignitaries, yeah. and the ambassador, the, the, our country's ambassador. Yeah, man. And I never put to. I just thought they were like, because you know when you're overseas and someone yeah. you vaguely know is overseas, and you're like, hey, we should meet up for a yeah, beer because totally. we're both in the same country. Yeah, and you'd think like the Australian like ambassador would be like, oh, there's some Aussies here doing. That's a show. what I like, thought. Come down, yeah. That's what I nah, thought. It's, they're funding it. <laughs> You're part of a, a propaganda campaign. You were there for a month. I was like there Greg for a few weeks. Me, you are, I am Greg Norman. Basically but were. I only got paid like 2500 a week or whatever yeah. it was. Probably less. He's getting $100 million. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's by my mind. It's pretty funny, hey? Dude, I wonder if they came to the show. But I feel like it's also like good. Like I stand behind it. I feel like Australia is a good country and it's a good place to come and study. And, and that's awful what happened in the late noughties. But I do feel they like still, that's not they're still nece- paying you <laughs> necessarily <laughs> endemic of like a broader issue. I think like it's of all the countries in the world, one of the safest to come and study and get a high quality education. <laughs> I, th- I believe that. Like I'm, it's not the same as pushing Saudi. Shit, Imagine you know? if like the Indian ambassador is listening now and he's like. God, we. He's a good. This guy's good. <laughs> this guy. This guy's really sticking to the. I think he even twenty five hundred a week. I think he got paid fifteen. Did he sign a lifetime contract? <laughs> Did we staff him for two weeks in two thousand and nineteen? Was well, this guy still going on on the company line? <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's cheap. <laughs> I wonder if the My ambassador- point is I don't have a moral issue with being part of that propaganda because I believe the message. Oh, I think, okay. I think yeah, the less no, I you believe yeah. it, the more money you you need. You know what I mean? If someone asked you to be in an ad for something you believe in tomorrow, your fee is less than if it was going to be for like, you know, Shell or something. Yeah, yeah, you ask more money. Yeah, mm. of course. I mean, yeah. I wonder though, it does seem it does seem like an odd way to get the message out there through small stand up comedy shows. I'd say it, it was not the only thing 
it was not the only part of the program. I'm aware a, that yeah. there was also musicians went over there. <laughs> oh, great! <laughs> what else can you do? It's soft diplomacy. When you want someone, another country, to like your country and like your vibe, art is like one of the main ways. Mm. It goes yeah, back but to I'm my like, point. the numbers weren't big at the shows I did. Yeah. I mean, like you but said, eighty. I reckon we got more than eighty at a few of them. Yeah, I yeah, did. yeah. I reckon we p- played between maybe one hundred to two hundred. That's still not enough yeah. to turn the tides. But you know what, man? Maybe it is. was there when you were over there. Was there also a focus on you, kind of like having dinner with some of the local comedians? <laughs> but they, I thought they were they wanted to take me out. <laughs> It was all part. It was also you could convince them that Australia is not bad, and that's going to be in their art. That's You're they kidding. might have a story about Australians being nice. You know what I mean? But or at least when like, they're talking to people, it's like it, you don't know what the flow-on effects that can be. You can just pick some people and send them over there, and then hope the intermingling leads to kind of better relations between the country. That's all you can do as an ambassador. Is just you're not stuff. an ambassador. <laughs> I'm not saying I am, but like, what other ways could you, if there was like pre-roll anti-Australian, pop a little ad on YouTube, targeted advertising. So I suppose, yeah, that that's that's a more direct way to do it. I but think, I think, yeah, so these soft ways are kind of called soft for a reason because they're a bit more. Oh, they're soft. Of, yeah, they're a bit they're slower, but potentially a bit more um, real and kind of uh, because because they kind of lead to real experiences. They're yeah. a bit more authentic. You're I actually st- uh, enhancing connection as opposed uh, to just like. Tricking I, someone I still talk to some of these Indian comedians. Me too. Has yeah. this all been a lie? <laughs> well, no. I'm, just I'm going to message them after this. No, I'm saying it was be just... like, you've got some nerve. Tell this, me the truth. <laughs> this was predi- who, got, who paid you? <laughs> this was predicted by the Australian <laughs> government and it was all part of the plan was to you to make friends over there. I only realised after I went... I've had lunch with them in Australia. I've taken out for lunch in Australia. I know. I know. <laughs> me too. This is the trouble. I still message some of them. But I only realised when I got back that that... Because I was... Yeah, I looked into it. And I that's th- why that funding is still there. This is like my Jason Bourne moment. <laughs> I'm was, like, what? Isn't it funny to be what? part of... A scheme. A, a diplomatic a scheme. scheme. I wonder if the... the uh, to make money of it, uh, at the for end the, of the day. For the country, which for I support. The, yeah, totally. I'm all for the country making money. Yeah, totally. But I think... Still. You know, I just want to be asked... Because it's like, I I don't think I'd go to war for the country. this country... Mm. But I'll do soft diplomacy. It's actually the dream. It's like we're basically <laughs> in the army. We're All out there right, fighting. I will walk on. I'll march on Anzac Day. Where am I? What did you do? I served India. I served in India. Yeah. Three long weeks. Yeah. Crowds were brutal. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've got PTSD. Some big bombs. <laughs> big bombs. Pretty terrific stand-up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> PTSD. <laughs> Um, but what is, do you think the diplomat watched out of this? Because he didn't come to any shows. Oh, the ambassador shows. was meant to come to the Delhi show that we were going to do, but then when I was over there, but then it I met canceled. the I met the guy. He didn't oh, come did to the show. Yeah. I met him in Delhi at a thing. Yeah, but he didn't come to the show. Yeah, right. He was meant to come to the show. I think he was. Yeah, but imagine if he watched it. It's like this has been a huge waste. I mean, a he huge would huge waste of money in terms of like pressure on a gig. I feel like being part of a soft diplomacy effort to change the cultural relations between a, a country with a billion people in it and our country three comedians. in front of the in There's front a billion of the people. We're going to send three comedians. If, you, if you're bombing, it's like, ooh, <laughs> it's tough stuff. It's high stress. You've got to only not only be like positive about Australia and a bit funny. You've got to be personable. You know what I mean? I if so you went up there and did like really offensive stuff, it could put things back. 
because I don't like you know. It could be a news story. Yeah, exactly. it would be if you were and you're like this. I have fucking going to stab all those cows out there. Yeah, comedians what? over in. Um, they're persecuted. Yeah, they, they are persecuted for doing political material. It's like the Lenny Bruce era over there. Yeah. Oh, it really is. They're yeah, getting get, like I like how they, they support stuff. each other, though. Totally. They seem to be a more tight-knit Yeah, community. well, com- comedy started there like seven years ago or something. So yeah. All kind of, like, it's all pretty fresh. You know, now I think back to me meeting these diplomats and realising that they paid <laughs> sorry, for the trip. Can I? Oh, yeah. Or ambassadors, yeah, whoever yeah. they are, not diplomats. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I thought you meant the comedians, because you have been talking as if the Indian comedians were in on this, but they weren't. They might have been. I don't, <laughs> know, what, I don't know what to Who believe Who knows what now. the Indian embassy was paying them? Yeah, they were all getting paid. <laughs> they're all in it, and we're just pawns in there. We've just been sent over there. <laughs> yeah. They're all, it's like the Truman Show. What's real? <laughs> What's not real? <laughs> totally. <laughs> but, but I remember talking to, like, the Australian ambassador in mm. Delhi, or maybe it was one in Singapore. I don't know, but mm. I remember... They were like, how long have you been doing comedy? And I explained to them, I was like, yeah, and then you get to a certain level and then there's shows like these that you can do and, mm. like, you get booked and, you know, these yeah. are always an option to come and perform here. They would have been like, no, it's not, what mate. the fuck? We, we came out with this three years yeah, ago. Yeah, we, we fabricated it. We don't give a fuck about you. And I'm, like, explaining to them, like, the process of doing comedy and how, like, you can tour around the world. They're like, you can't tour. No, we made can't. this whole, this is a fake thing that exists and you're here just to, we can tick a box on our job. <laughs> exactly. We've got, like, three, had to make a pitch to the Minister for Foreign Affairs. And they were like, about ways to combat the anti-Australian sentiment in South and Northeast <laughs> India. And this is a three-pronged attack, so I get 250k to wine and yeah, dine in Delhi. Exactly. <laughs> to live explain a life it to of me. luxury. <laughs> You're explaining to me that this is just a, like, a simple <laughs> cog in the wheel of your fucking comedy career. I invented it. <laughs> you embarrassed yourself at that oh, dude, dinner I'm, four years ago. I'm embarrassed. My- well, this is... <laughs> This whole thing's been embarrassing now. I put it on my resume like it was a, a feat. It is good to be Indian. chosen. No. They, they're trusting you to represent our country. It actually makes it more of a... Dude, that's interesting. Makes it more of a compliment. It's kind of like we're like... Yeah, we're like Olympic athletes. <laughs> We've been chosen because yeah. often sport okay. does that. Yes, You totally. know, it changes people's opinion. They're like, I've, I've got a soft spot for that country mm. now. Yes. We're the ones on the front line. <laughs> Doing that thing, We're we should have done our sets army in green and, and gold. <laughs> we should have been in a little uniform. I'm there wearing a hoodie, like an idiot. <laughs> Pop me in the John Howard Australian <laughs> tracksuit. I'll go running in the morning. I'll be running around the streets of Delhi. <laughs> Can I say if they told me, I would have been a bit nicer. I would have hung out for a beer. With Dude, the guy I wouldn't wanted. have. I wouldn't have been going like, oh, look, mate. So this is how comedy works. So we have these shows. These kind of shows always exist. These road shows. You get booked for them. You've probably heard of me. I'm doing pretty well. He would have. I wouldn't have done that. I would have been like, thanks so much for having me. This has like been a holiday. Thanks for teeing up those Indian guys to take me out to dinner. They were lovely. Yeah, it's actually like you being in Iraq in like 2007 as a general, <laughs> being like, yeah, you know, you just work hard enough in the military at home. They send you overseas to yeah. some of these kind of, you know, this is the best people. Yeah, uh, just to coordinate kind of where to make the base and kind of, you know, really make sure the bases are safe and secure and um, ready for any military threats. Uh, yeah, so that's just kind of what I'm going to continue do, to do over the next, you know, 10, 20 years. Like, I've got a long career ahead of me. You're this saying this to, to the Prime Minister? To the Prime Minister, who's, like, decided to invade Iraq, like, six months earlier. He's like, so yeah. All, what, well, I mean, not always. Yeah. It's a pretty specific situation. You aware of 9-11? <laughs> You know about 9-11? That was because of that, really. That's like the main trigger point. Yeah, not really it's, your decision. It's to not about be you, a, brother. A lifelong general in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah. I mean, ideally, you would have been at home doing like home affairs stuff. 
and like coordinating kind of flood relief and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Doing, Don't talk about this as if it's like inevitable. Doing local comedy festivals in Australia, yeah. not in India. Doing. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I, yeah, man. There's a big comedy scene in India. I, I was telling yeah. him about the gigs in India. <laughs> it's like, it's been, it just started, man. We're not sending over you over here to like help them. It's about some awful PR we had because of some awful attacks. <laughs> Oh man, this has actually been. Um... <laughs> Can't believe I've never told you that. Why haven't you ever told me that? I don't know. When did you find out? Yeah, when like, you were there? No, nah, pretty soon after I got back, I, I was googling it and looked into. I you... think maybe actually while I was there, I was kind of asking about the funding. Yeah, and then yeah, there's some like articles about it <laughs> about it's us like the, going specifically that funding. Funding was set aside after that to send people over there for the next 10 years or something. Mm. I wonder if we can get into some soft diplomacy work. Because mm. oh, I would love one of those ambassador jobs. I mean... When all this this crazy world of podcasting wraps up. Yes, totally. And I have to settle down. I mean, we could I be nomads. We could be, we could be podcasting nomads. You know how people do that? They can do it from anywhere. Oh, so we never be... Well, we might have to do that soon. Cause oh, true. You're going to be away. I'm going away to next Tuesday, Wednesday. Next Tuesday, you're leaving? Yeah. What do you mean? That's well, so did soon. I get on a plane and oh. I, I travel? Don't tell me I'm going to get over there. <laughs> I'm on another mission from the government that I don't know about. Well, you know that Splendor... Don't say this. It's <laughs> <laughs> only in that region because of the I am d- <laughs> And they need entertainment. They need. Com- I yeah. am dumb enough that exactly. I could be pushed around yeah. without my knowledge... Just my entire life, totally. pretty much, just to be kind of the face, not even the face, just to be someone in the room mm. that's kind of, you know, <laughs> just there, that's not a negative force. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm living my whole life without knowing know which way I'm getting Can pushed. I give you one other one, yeah. which this, which you you probably did pick this one up, but like I only got the, the sense when I was there. So, the Comedy Festival Roadshow yeah. is a program that's partly government funded, as I understand yes. it, where Melbourne Comedy Festival... Basically sends like lineup shows to local theaters, regional areas, regional areas across the country, right? Yeah, and um, that's I think a, like a pretty clear government effort to kind of get some art out there into the regions, and and um, and that's lovely. And that's kind of like a government initiative. But when I did the Western Australian run, particularly in the north of Western Australia, there are a few gigs there that were clearly sponsored by mining companies. Yeah, and some of the money has been put up, and I asked was put up by the local mining company because. M- some some of the reason for some of the towns even existing up there yeah, are just mining to, towns. They're mining towns. And we, I remember going through a few towns which they're abandoned because the mine stopped there. Dude, I'm obsessed with abandoned towns. It's nuts. They just like that's that's the only reason anyone was living there and then there was an economy because it's all because of this mine and then there's no more silver there or something and then they just move on. Have you seen that movie with um what's the lady from Three Billboards? Frances McDormand, is that her name? Really I don't good know. Um, What movie? Actor. <clears throat> This it came out last year. What's her golf game like? Mm, she's as good as Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Does that help? Um, but she, the whole premise of the movie, she's like a grey nomad now because she can't afford. Oh, is this called because nomad, that mine yes. shut down. Totally worked, or the factory, or whatever, <clears throat> and the town only existed. Yes, it shut down, and within eight months, they deregistered the postcode. Yeah, and they go back to the oh. town. It's like a ghost town. Deregistered the postcode. That's brutal. That's, to be like, no one's finality there. No one's even going to send a letter <laughs> here anymore. Oh, come on. There might be a postcard every now and then. I was in, posty there. Like, I was oh. in Tassie last week. Yeah. Driving around, and mm. I just went to some towns on the West Coast that mm. are only there because the mi- there's some mines around there, and mm. they 
are truly some of the most depressing places you yes. could ever. Like the houses are all fucked. Mm. Not and not like housing commission level. It's like semi permanent. Semi-permanent, but also, like, they just built a room mm. and then people are just living there. Like demountables at school De- or something. Yeah, and that's all that's in the town. There'd but can like I say, this pub. links to what I'm going to say, Oh no, is that I think basically doing some of those gigs, which were, like, in a field for a bunch of people in the town, yeah. put on by the mining company that employs most of the people in the town yeah. and like is responsible for basically 100% of the economy in the town. Mm. Then they have this festival where there's a bunch of comedians and some musicians Basically, you're there to boost the serotonin levels of the people and make them continue living there so they continue mining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're there to make them not be depressed and not want to quit and not want to stop mining so the mining continues to happen. You're just basically a mining propaganda guy. No. Okay, that's one way to look at it. Yeah. The other way to look at it is that everyone deserves access to entertainment and and arts. And that's a human right. Yes. Sponsored by Rio Tinto. Well, you know, the Perth Fringe is sponsored by Woodside, one of the biggest mining companies in WA. So, it's what I mean, look. I think there's a difference, though, between just like, you know, companies sponsor things all the time, in part to get their name out there um, for like marketing purposes and, yeah, in part to like keep the populace. I mean, if you zoom out, like sport kind of keeps people happy yeah. sport and art and these things you know if they didn't exist keeps people would dis- yeah it distracts the populace yeah. we would be like would oh be, my god you know what we do we'd be looting yeah, we would be looting we'd be like <laughs> okay who are the people with more stuff than me i'm getting it i'm a bit bored that's so funny <laughs> not much to do on a weekend <laughs> what's well, true you let's think go about- to the eastern suburbs and see what we can Dude, fucking find with the class gap in some countries <laughs> yeah. like why aren't people just being like i've got to fucking kill you on. all but yeah it's good yeah and then church and then bar oh, fuck yeah. work on monday and then oh there's a comedian from so Australia. That's, He's, <laughs> I'll go have a look. <laughs> We've got dinner booked in with the ambassador. But I think, generally speaking, that's always true. But it just is way more palpable when you're in a field and everyone here works for the mining company. And it's like, this is clearly, you talk to a few of them, the only event that's happened this year. It's like, you are keeping it alive. If you weren't there, they might quit. <laughs> like, not... To like, it sounds a bit self no, but no, like you're you are right. literally there you're part of the to fabric. keep them there, you know? You're part and it's of the, the only fabric. thing that happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Without you, it's like... Because the the story when they finish in the mine, when people be like, mm. "What was it like? What'd you do?" And they'll be like, "Well, the, you know, there was a comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> this guy came and he." I you think know. like Missy Higgins was on. Like that was like a fe- like yeah. a little festival in a field just for the mining company. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fucking hell. We really are. I think back now, I have like a big bit of stand up I did about doing comedy in India, and mm. it's kind of all about. I talk about it. It's like, yeah, touring India is an option. It's like, I frame it. It's like, I did a tour. I didn't. But you did. I did a tour in India. But no, I was like, like an ambassador. I was deployed. He set up some some fake comedy gigs for me to go and do. Yes. And I'm here talking about it like I'm an international comedian. Yeah. But don't you think that that's always true? Like the powers that be, for example, Mm. if they want, and this happens in other countries, more kind of authoritarian countries could stamp down on free speech and make it illegal or very impractical to have a comedy club and yeah. to have people do comedy, right? The reason they don't is to placate the masses to some degree. They have made the decision that it would be a good thing and it would kind of help capitalism, the wheels of capitalism continue to turn if we let them have this art. Yeah. So they are kind of allowing it to happen, which is not that different to specifically deploying someone to do it. Deploying is so like, a great word. Every... Every show you do in our current society yeah. is kind of not at the behest of the elite, <sighs> uh, 
But with the permission of the elite, if it became too annoying for them, they would stamp it out and they would prevent mm. you from doing it. So you, you could argue that every performance every you've ever is done is that, kind of like is that. It's government approved. Well, it's kind of part of keeping people at work. And that is kind of our role within society. On a Saturday night, they come out to the comedy store and you make them laugh. So they go back to fucking work on time on Monday and they don't <laughs> bitch and they get it done. Because if they're too depressed and they're not happy and they don't get it done, then society stops to function. This has been one of the most depressing conversations (laughs) I've ever had in my life. Not only am I not aware of, like, like, people talk about the invisible hand in life guiding them. I literally have an An invisible invisible mic. (laughs) (laughs) I have an invisible hand from the government giving me an invisible mic. Ask me to come on an invisible stage yeah. and perform to invisible... Or- they're all yeah. comped, these audience members. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all... They're probably paid uh-huh. actors from Star Now. <laughs> this has been my whole life. And now I have to find out that the, my only role, the passion, the thing I have, yeah. is just to keep people going yeah. to work on Monday <laughs> so capitalism functions. What do you think people are doing as we're talking now when they're listening to this? They're probably working or cleaning up their house <laughs> or exercising. Dude. Or driving to work. Well, this is bad. You know why? Because like, and get to it. I want to say on behalf of the government, fucking keep you're working. Still, I'm not with it. Tom. You don't still deserve a break. <laughs> you're still on the payroll. Be obviously. productive. I say fight the uprising. No, ignore the be, government. You need to be productive. Redistribute the wealth. <laughs> you're you're not contributing to society. You are of low social <laughs> no. value if you're not productive. No, your value as a human being is linked to no, your productivity. You are an individual, <laughs> and you deserve more slice of the pie. Go out there, get it, take it. Your boss is just the man. Unless He's you a work figurehead. at a pie shop, I don't want to hear the word pie out of your fucking mouth. Get back to work. Think of you the dog. pies you could have if there was an uprising and we overthrew the government. Tom will be there performing. First stop, Splendor in the Grass. Oh, my God. No. Make it Splendor in the Mud. Um, should we wrap, drag the wiggles down from up? that stage? Eat all billionaires, starting with oh, speaking, the blue wiggle. The fucking wiggle. If I'm an, if I'm a little government pawn, what are these yeah. wiggles then? <laughs> to keep them distracted, get the whole mm-hmm. entire millennial generation distracted with wiggles nostalgia. They must be mm-hmm. getting paid heaps. That's what I find very craven and annoying about the wiggles thing, is that I think art does play the purpose that I just described in society. It placates people. Yeah, in a but that's the crime. bleakest, no, most no, no, no. base I'm level. About, no, no, I'm about to put a silver lining on oh, it. Oh, terrific. I, think, <laughs> I need this to, there to be a I silver I think it does lining. play that role, as does sport, as does like love, you know, a lot of these things in society. However, you could argue that they're also the point of life. What is the point of life? We do want to be productive, but we also want to ha- have fun and, and smell roses and think and feel mm. on the way, right? And art allows you to access that. And that's beautiful and it's fantastic that that's there. And you could argue it's kind of the point of life is to have those fun moments with, within a community and, um, yeah, feel emotions through art. I think it's lovely and kind of like a, oh, my God, that's the, um, that's that the buzzer? I'm telling me to um, fucking stop being so serious. Okay. But... <laughs> Fuck, what did you say before? I forget what my point I was. I said there better be a silver lining Not on this that. thing you're launching into. I said well, the whole premise of what we've been talking about, it's like it's been a bleak. Oh, this was my point. Terrific. So, my point is that basically this helps placate art and sport and things like that, help placate society and help with productivity, but they also give you enjoyment and access to kind of emotions and love and feeling part of a community along the way, which is good, but that's what good art does i think and you could argue that's that's partly the point of life what depresses me is when the things are only playing the placating function 
and they're not playing the function of allowing you to kind of wow. experience new things or unique new things and feeling part of like a new community, innovating in some sort of new way. That to me has value, but things that are purely nostalgic, like the Wiggles, that make you go back to being a bit, that only has the placating function. So that's why that feels depressing to me because then it's like, oh my God, we're not even, all life is, is those access to kind of new art and emotions along the way. Whereas a, the Wiggles is a, is a step back. It's a step back. It's still the distraction, but, it placates, but it's, it's working. You can see it working, placating people. Uh, but it, I don't feel like it has inherent value, sadly, because it does. It, it, it's just making you re- re- remember when you were a baby. Yeah, but it will. People will wake up to the wiggle thing. I, I mean, that's a prediction I've previously made. You've on this made podcast. the prediction. Yeah, of I course. think that, I think the tide will turn. But everyone is just caught up in the nostalgia because you forget how strong nostalgia is the greatest distraction. Because people tool. are scared. People are scared of of, I'm scared. So, of society crumbling, and that's why they look to the Wiggles. There's this institution a, is still exists, so maybe a, I'll never die. Yeah, you will. Man. There's such a safety in like your childhood memories. Yes, it's crazy. I mean, unless they were completely awful, but mm. like for most people, pretty happy time or whatever. Mm. The Wiggles are just the, the absolute representation of that. Totally. Unfortunately, you will die, and by you, I mean the Wiggles, because I will come to you as a plus one, and I will kill You're them. You're coming. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to replace the feather sword with an actual sword, and I'm going to watch <laughs> someone die on stage. Dude, what I'm not w- talking about you in the comedy tent. Oh, I'll be all right. A podcast has changed my life. That is lovely to meet you. Yes, nice to be back. Come on, sit down, tuck in, 